I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Deconstructed. I'm Ryan Grimm. We ready to go? Hello. On Tuesday... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris held a private Zoom call with a small group of civil rights leaders from across the country. This is a completely closed call, so just wanted to remind you of that. There's no uh, recording. Clearly, somebody did record. And now I have a copy of it, and now you're listening to it. Present for the Zoom was Derek Johnson, president of the NAACP. Vanita Gupta, a former ACLU attorney who was Obama's civil rights division head. The Reverend Al Sharpton. Sherilyn Eiffel. Melanie Campbell, who is the president of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation, and soon-to-be former Congressman Cedric Richmond, who Biden has named an assistant to the president. In many ways, it was a Zoom call like any other. Can't hear you, Cedric. You're on mute. It also included a few Biden-esque boasts. I'm the first person, black or white, who calls attention to the fact that you were finding that there was the, the rate of people who were African-Americans are dying was three times that of, of, of white people. I don't carry around a stamp on my head saying progressive and I'm AOC, but I have a more of a record of getting things done in the United States Congress than anybody you know. Anybody you know. Some Biden cringe. By 2040, this country is going to be minority white European. Hear me? Minority white European. And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics who make up a larger portion of the population than y'all do. And some Biden temper. Let's get something straight. You shouldn't be disappointed. What I've done so far is more than anybody else has done this far. Okay? Number one. Number two, I mean what I say when I say it. But it was also a space for an airing of, if not grievances, at least slight disappointments, and a forum for civil rights leaders to lobby Biden on everything from personnel to executive action to legislation. Many of those in the meeting urged Biden to be aggressive in his use of executive power. I want to ask that you consider issuing an executive order to create a national task force to examine challenges to our democracy, a national voter access commission. It's going to be important, for example, that one of your first actions is a reversal of the executive order that President Trump promulgated that essentially seeks to gag conversations about diversity, race, and history among anyone who contracts with the federal government. And so we would ask you to lend your voice and your strength and your influence and your power and your ability to reach across the aisle to try and pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. But failing that, we would ask you to pull from that act measures that can be enacted by executive order. You have the power to call for a national database on police misconduct. You have the power to ask for a registry that will allow people to easily search in public um, a multiple misconduct complaints against particular officers. Um, you have the ability to uh, impose a, a database around police killings and police shootings. And these are things that you can do by executive order. There is a prison tragedy that is unfolding because of COVID. 
I encourage you to use your power to order an investigation of state and local prisons and jails to find out precisely what is happening. And you have that power through the Department of Justice. And here's Al Sharpton. We don't care about throwing fists in the air and the symbols. We want the substance. The Joe Biden I've known is substance. The Kamala Harris I've known is substance. We need it now more than ever. And I would hope that uh, uh, the first day you start uh, doing the things with your executive orders to restore some dignity to law enforcement in our community and the voting. Biden, in fact, has an enormous amount of power as president. Two episodes ago, we devoted an entire show to just that. Turns out that Biden does not appear to be a deconstructed subscriber. Here's how he responded to those calls. There's some things that I'm going to be able to do by executive order. I'm not going to hesitate to do it. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do what used to, Vanita, you probably used to get angry with me during the debates when you'd have some of the people you were supporting said, on day one, I'm going to executive order to do this. Not within the constitutional authority. I am not going to violate the Constitution. There is a Constitution. It's our only hope. Our only hope. And the way to deal with it is where I have executive authority, I will use it to undo every single damn thing this guy has done by executive authority. But I'm not going to exercise executive authority where it's questioned, where I can come along and say, I can do away with assault weapons. There's no executive authority to do any of that. And no one's fought harder to get rid of assault weapons than me. Me. But you can't do it by executive order. You do that, next guy comes along and says, well, guess what? By executive order, I'm going to say everybody can own machine guns again. So we got to be careful. I know you all know this. I know you know it. I used, you, and poor Kamala's heard me say this, and so has Cedric. I used to have a friend named Bob Gold who was a really bright guy. Not much of it. We went to school together. He wasn't an academic whiz. The Bob Gold story sadly doesn't go anywhere. The upshot of the anecdote is that he taught Biden the word overstand, which is a kind of black power term from back in the day that was used as a stand-in for understand, but adding in an element of higher level awareness. He looked at me and said, Joe, I not only understand you, I overstand you. I'm sure you overstand me here. Biden also heard from the NAACP's Johnson, whose organization, among many others, had been pushing to have Representative Marsha Fudge named as Agriculture Secretary. The Biden camp had been leaning toward picking Tom Vilsack, who had also served as Obama's Secretary of Agriculture. Johnson let him know it would be a disastrous idea. I would like to caution you in terms of the opportunity to get people, good people confirmed in the Senate. It would, re, it would result in the outcome of this Georgia election. Anything that could peel off any of the votes would be something that could be harmful to the outcome. Former Secretary Bills that could have a disastrous impact on voters in Georgia. Shirley Sherrod is a civil rights legend, a hero. I live in the state of Mississippi. I'm surrounded by civil rights icon, and I understand the reverence that many of them have, particularly in rural areas. Johnson is being delicate there. His point that if Biden doesn't win Georgia, he'll struggle to get his people confirmed is a solid one. But he's being polite. It'll also block his entire legislative agenda. But our younger listeners might not remember the story of Shirley Sherrod, who Johnson mentions at the end of that clip. Let's take you back to July 19th, 2010, when Andrew Breitbart posted a short clip of her speaking before an NAACP audience. 
At the time, Sherrod was the Georgia State Director of Rural Development for the Agriculture Department. You know, the first time I was faced with having to help a white farmer save his farm, he, he took a long time talking, but he was trying to show me he was superior to me. I know what he was doing, but he had to come to me for help. What he didn't know while he was taking all that time trying to show me he was superior to me, was I was trying to decide just how much help I was going to give him. <laughs> I was struggling with the fact that so many black people have lost their farmland, and here I was faced with having to help a white person save their land. So I didn't give him the full force of what I could do. By the end of the day, she'd been fired with Vilsack saying that she had to go because she was an obstacle to the agency's effort to reckon with its troubled past on racial justice issues. Sherrod, who was married to civil rights legend Reverend Charles Sherrod, said she'd been taken out of context and that she was telling a story of growth, redemption, and rethinking, not one of hate. The NAACP, after she'd been canned, found the full audio of her talks, and here's the critical part that was left out. So I took him to a white lawyer, I figured if I'd take him to one of them, that his own kind would take care of him. That's when it was revealed to me that y'all, it's about poor versus those who have. And not so much about white, it is about white and black, but it's not, you know, it opened my eyes, because I took him to one of his own, and uh, I put him in his hand and felt, okay, I've done my job. From there, Sherrod talks about how the lawyer didn't actually do anything, and the farmer came to her in desperation a week before the foreclosure. She scrambled and found an attorney who'd worked with the area's black farmers and urged him to take the man's case. Here was her conclusion. Working with him made me see that it's really about those who have versus those who don't. You know, and they could be black, they could be white, they could be Hispanic. And it made me realize then that I needed to work to help poor people, those who don't have access the way others have. After that, Vilsack apologized and offered her a job back at the USDA. But this new job would focus on fixing the agency's race issues. She said she didn't want that burden and turned it down. Flash forward 10 years again and back to Johnson. Shirley Sherrod is a civil rights legend, a hero. I live in the state of Mississippi. I'm surrounded by civil rights icon, and I understand the reverence that many of them have, particularly in rural areas. So I want to make sure that as you consider appointments, that you do so with November 5th in mind so that we don't miss an opportunity to be able to get confirmed some of the outstanding candidates that you're going to bring forward. If you decide to take that route, I strongly encourage you to reach out to Ms. Sherrod, have a conversation with her. I strongly encourage you to talk to black farmers so that you have a clear understanding of the impact any decision can have on the January 5th election. It is our goal as NACP, it is our goal as civil rights community for this administration to be successful. And it can only be the, at the success we need it to be if we have the ability to get good people confirmed. Biden, however, used the warning on Sherrod as a jumping off point for a counter warning. Don't push too hard on police reform, he told the group. At least not now. One of the things I'd be concerned about 
just as it was pointed out to me that you wanted me to be concerned, Derek, I think it was you said it, about, you know, uh, um, uh, dealing with um, Vilsack as, uh, in, uh, in terms of, a ter of uh, agriculture. Well, first of all, you can learn more about Vilsack's record, but my point is this. I don't think we should make that a big issue going into before January 5th when the election takes place down in, in, uh, um, uh, in uh, Georgia. But I also don't think we should get too far ahead of ourselves on dealing with police reform in that because they've already labeled us as being defund the police. Anything we put forward in terms of the organizational structure to change policing, which I promise you will occur, promise you. Just think to yourself and give me advice whether we should do that before January 5th, because that's how they beat the living hell out of us across the country, saying that we're talking about defunding the police. We're not. We're talking about holding them accountable. I just raise it with you to think about. How much do we push between now and January 5th? We need those two seats about police reform, but I guarantee you there will be a full-blown commission. I guarantee you it's a major, major, major element. And as Reverend Al said, I was, I was a pain in the ass to everybody except him when we did the commission before. I didn't think we went far enough. We can go very far. It matters how we do it. I think it matters how we do it. As I learned early on, it's all right to question your opponents, uh, and you're not my opponents, any of you, it's always, always appropriate to question your opponent's judgment. It's never appropriate to question their motive, even if you know it. Because once you question their motive, you're done. You can't get anything done. By the way, let's talk about building highways. By the way, you're in the pocket of the cement industry. Now, what can we do together? Not a chance of getting anything done. So we can be tough, question judgment, not motive to get things done. Anyway, I'm going to yield to my vice president and uh, she can correct all the mistakes I made. That was Joe Biden, and that's our show. For more on the Georgia Senate races, check out last week's episode, which will also give you a political history of the state going back to its founding as a pro-slavery colony where slavery was banned. For more on what Joe Biden can actually do with executive authority, check out the episode before that. To get the show every week, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Our producer is Zach Young. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reed is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Ryan Grimm, D.C. Bureau Chief of The Intercept. And as I never tire of mentioning, I'm the author of the book, We've Got People. From Jesse Jackson to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, The End of Big Money and the Rise of a Movement. If you'd like to support Deconstructed, go to theintercept.com give. Your donation, no matter what the amount, makes a real difference. If you want to give us feedback, email us at podcasts at theintercept.com. Oh, and that white farmer... He told the New York Times that Shirley Sherrod saved his farm, and they've remained good friends since.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.